Welcome to another episode of the Weekly Regular. My name is Asan, and I'm joined this week by a good friend of mine and a good friend of the show, Chelsea Roberts. Chelsea, how are you? I'm doing real good, Asan. Happy to be here. <laughs> I'm glad. Um, I will say, uh, just a peek behind the curtain, we had some uh, audio issues, <laughs> and we had to retake that intro again. But Chelsea, you you brought the same energy to the intro authentically. I appreciate it. Yes. <laughs> um, Chelsea, it's been a while since you've been on the show. Where are you now? Are, you work in digital media. Where, where are you at now? Yeah, so I still work in comics, but it's digital media in the sense that we kind of import things from other countries, Korea, China, and mm-hmm. uh, we take manhwas that are created there and we import them over for webtoons in America. And we also create new content, new web comics okay. um, with creators in North America and around the world. Uh, I love it because it has a lot of ancillary potential. Like mm-hmm. we're trying to be HBO Max, we're trying to be Netflix, right? But it's all mm-hmm. stemming from comics. And uh, that makes me really excited because that's what we were doing at Boom Studios too. And um, I'm always stoked, always stoked to bring more comics, more like good stories um, from diverse creators to the masses. So still plugging away at that. <laughs> Absolutely. That, no, that sounds great. Uh uh, off off air, I'll, uh, I'll I'll pitch you my idea for a comic book that I have, and then yes. if you like it, we'll uh, we'll maybe we'll talk. Yeah, um, for sure. <laughs> that's real cool, Chelsea. I'm glad you're back on the show. Uh, it's always cool to have someone on who is 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 deep in the comic book world because uh, I personally am not. Uh, I I enjoy the stories that comic books tell, but I'm not super um, deep into the actual reading of comic books. So. It's cool to have someone on who knows a ton about that kind of stuff. Um, so, uh, Chelsea Roberts, uh, what we always start the show here by just catching up. What was your week like this week? Yeah, my week was pretty good. It's if you don't know, WonderCon happened this weekend. I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, so um, con season is upon us, and of course, I didn't attend in person. Just because mm-hmm. it's still a little iffy. There's still quite a lot of people going to conventions that, um, and, and it's COVID times. But uh, mm-hmm. I did have a great time looking at all the content and the panels. And uh, people are still enjoying themselves in the comic book community. And that makes me very happy and excited. <laughs> and, and hopefully the future is, is bright. So I, I had a great weekend just doing that kind of stuff. <laughs> looking at that yeah that's awesome now do you get to uh, do you get to go to those um things as a representative of the company you work for are you just going from on your own kind of like as a fan yeah um i have gone professionally for the past few years so i just basically have to show them that i work on on comics and and prove (laughs) prove that i i do it uh so i just send them logos (laughs) And oh, okay. uh, and and things like that, and my name like in on the credit pages of books, and they're like, oh yes, like please oh, do okay. come and and be a part. So uh, I hopefully will continue to be able to be in the industry and be welcomed back for for years to come and and for free, God willing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's funny. In, any any cool things of note that uh, you experienced at WonderCon that you want to share? 
I mean, WonderCon is just great for uh, the like a smaller audience. San Diego mm-hmm. Comic Con, if 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 you don't know, if the listener doesn't know, it's mm-hmm. just really overwhelming. It's huge. All the big <laughs> companies are there: Marvel, DC, yeah. like Hall H. The line goes for miles and miles it's mm-hmm. it's just too much um <laughs> WonderCon is the same company but it's held in anaheim instead of in san diego mm. so it's a smaller convention center and therefore just like a smaller um audience like it's not quite as international mm-hmm. and so it's great if for like first time comic mm. book goers goers like still have the same um companies but like a lot less stars and and you know like kind of the the big activations that surround like San Diego Comic Con. Yeah. Yeah. Well that sounds fun. WonderCon sounds really cool. Are did you go to uh did you go to Disneyland while you were down there in Anaheim? Um last time I went to WonderCon, yes, I did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> are you are you, now Chelsea, are you a big Disneyland person? Like do you like Disneyland? I okay, my mom is a Disney adult. <laughs> Um, and, and I don't say that in a derogatory way at all. Like I love (laughs) Disney and, um, Mm. I love Disneyland. Their choices as of late have been strange (laughs) sometimes. Um, and whatever do you mean, Chelsea? (laughs) They're, uh, they were just really late to release a statement on, Mm. um, the, the people they have chosen to support with their money and the bills that they have chosen to support. So, Uh um, and just kind of splitting up their animation studio to like, Oh, you must move to Vancouver or you must move to Florida. Like animation is really hard as it is. And, um, it's a really close knit community. So kind of throwing your animators into the fire is like not, uh, so, not super cool <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy i i had no idea that happened i um you know disney television animation actually was a uh a client of mine i've dj'd for them a few times for their Ooh. events um i didn't know that they had uh so are they not in burbank anymore at all so it it seems like certain parts of their animation studio have okay. been relocated so mm-hmm. the most of the employees are still like kind of Glendale, Burbank, but the, I think it's the tax breaks in Florida yeah, and Vancouver totally. that make them uh, attractive. So they're just okay. like, can you please move? And yeah. and everyone's <laughs> like, I guess. <laughs> what yeah. choice do we have? <laughs> oh, man. OK, well, that's interesting. That's I mean, that makes a lot of sense as to why I haven't been called for a gig there recently. <laughs> just kidding yes <laughs> <laughs> i agree asana is a very good dj <laughs> oh thank you chelsea and you I should, appreciate he should be f- flown out to florida uh to party with the disney animation department thank you for those who don't know i uh i mean nobody listening to this probably knows this but i i dj'd you and daniel's wedding yeah that's right it, and we yeah. tell people all the time to- like because c- recently we've been to some weddings and uh-huh. in san bernardino uh-huh. and um the DJs were not it. It was like a ton oh, of country no. music that is impossible to dance to. Yeah. Really strange, slow, <laughs> odd choices. And they, uh-huh. and like when they went to like go to another song, mm-hmm. the there was no similarities. Oh no! So they just kind of railroaded into each other and and made this like muddy, disgusting mess. And I was like, I have to leave. Like I can't stay here. <laughs> Where is that? That is probably a good 
choice on your part. <laughs> Definitely. Um, well, um, well, it sounds like you've been to some some interesting weddings and some interesting DJs. That's cool. <laughs> no. um, so this week, um, what did I do this week? I actually just saw Morbius. Uh, I saw it today, actually. <gasps> oh, lucky. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen it yet? I... I'm one of those people who started just waiting for the HBO Max or, mm -hmm. you know, whoever to like mm -hmm. put them out, Disney. Um, mm -hmm. I would love to see, especially Morbius, because yeah. I'm sure it's kind of action packed. I would love to see it in a theater. There's uh, Chelsea. The movie is packed with a lot and there is also action <laughs> in the movie. Um, I will uh, I will I will say this. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like everyone showed up and worked really hard. Oh, uh, that's good. Yeah, and and the, and they completed a movie. They got the movie out and released it. And kudos to them for working hard and doing that and getting a movie done. Um, having said that, um, <laughs> it's not a great movie, unfortunately. Yeah. And I, 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 what's your opinion on Jared Leto? <sighs> All right. I just had a giant conversation about Jared Leto with okay. a bunch of other designers that I work with. Mm -hmm. And we we've come to the decision that he is like um, immortal, like a vampire of some sort, truly mm -hmm. like in real life. And because he never ages and mm -hmm. he always kind of... Even when he's trying to disappear with like prosthetics and stuff, which recently he really is, um, mm -hmm. you know it's him. Like I, I don't know if it's because he's he just seems to act like himself. Like <laughs> I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, but I respect him for American Psycho and Fight Club and all the things that he did before. I and I thought his Joker was actually pretty decent. So. Mm -hmm. I'm never going to disparage him. I just think he, there's been a lot of him lately. Um I was listening to a um I was listening to a podcast like a movie review podcast called um Now Playing, I think is what it's called. And they were doing a um they review basically every movie and they tr they categorize they categorize them by like you know, uh well we're doing all the Marvel movies or we're doing, you know, um 90s slasher movies or whatever and they kind of group them that way but i um but they, they they do a ton of movies and they just covered uh tremors not too long ago Ooh. and i was listening to the tremors uh review uh and commentary and i think they made a good point about um kevin bacon and his career where like mm. there was a point where you know kevin bacon is a very talented uh character actor but he's also handsome <laughs> and so because he's handsome, <laughs> yeah. like Hollywood tried to make him a leading man, but he just doesn't, he's just not quite a leading man. You know what I mean? Right. Like he's no, not, that's fair. and it's not to say that he's lacking anything. I just think there are certain actors who are sort of more gifted character actors. So like they're, they're not really as charismatic as they could be as leads. They're, they're much more charismatic when they're playing supporting characters. Oh yeah. For sure. And I think Jared Leto is one of those guys. And I think they're just like, n Hollywood is not fully aware of it yet i think they might be after this movie because i've seen jared leto as the joker i've seen him in uh i think what is an underrated and an underappreciated uh, an underrated movie and an underappreciated performance uh in panic room he's like oh, he's really right. good in panic room yeah that's right yeah and i think he's best served in those roles where he can kind of 
you know, disappear into being a character and kind of just uh, do that. Him as a leading man, especially the type of leading man they were trying to do for Morbius was just like the, you know, sort of like the stoic kind of, you know, uh, quiet, strong, quiet type. But like there's like an anger bubbling underneath kind of what Keanu Reeves is doing right now uh, in like the John Wick movies. They're trying to do that. And it's Jared Leto is just like. He just doesn't do that particularly well. <laughs> right. Um, right. Uh, as you know, as compared to what we just saw with Robert Pattinson as Batman, which I think he does that. Um, I think that's like the best thing he's good at. Um, but yeah, Jared Leto is not quite that. But so that's what I did this week, Chelsea. I went and saw Jared Leto uh, try to be a leading man, and I don't think they succeeded with this movie. Someone told me Jared Leto is the reflection in the mirror after you turn away and stop looking. Mm. And, and now it haunts me uh, to my very core. Like he is, he haunts my nightmares a little bit, but, um, <laughs> but he is a wonderful character actor. <laughs> yeah, he's good. He, he's, he's one of those actors where like, you have to use him the right way. And if you use him the wrong way, you're not going to get the best results, you know? Right. And Morbius is, it, like such a complicated and strange Spider-Man villain in, in right. my head. And I was just like, the, I'm not sure how they're going to stretch this like into a movie. So glad yeah, to hear it. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it is too, because like uh, what, what, what they're doing with Spider-Man in terms of Tom Holland, what they're, what they've just done with his Spider-Man is so far removed from what they're mm. doing with these other Sony characters. Right. That it's just like, I'm uninterested in them as villains for Spider-Man because, like, it just feels like they're in a totally different world, you know? Right, like they exist so separate from him that there's no way he could reach out and touch that character yeah. in any way. I just don't yeah. buy it. Yeah, I don't buy it, Chelsea. I don't buy it for one second. No, I don't buy it either. Well, and Venom, <laughs> the Venom that we saw, uh-huh. I thought that they were going to take Venom from Tobey Maguire's spider like sam raimi's movies and like oh, put him into the for grace huh? yeah and i was like ah shoot <laughs> so, <laughs> nope man that's yeah right. missed opportunity there for sure yeah um what i did see though with morbius and i don't know if this has made its way online yet but i'm sure it has there's a uh a trailer with morbius for the new spider-man animated movie yeah that's right yeah, it's called spider-man across the universe or across the spider-verse sorry um and i uh it's funny i was watching the trailer i had no idea this trailer was going to be attached to this movie and i was watching the trailer and i was like oh this is a spider-verse trailer um and i i get i was so proud because i was in the theater and i guessed i said to myself i'm like i bet this movie (laughs) is going to be called across the spider-verse this time And Chelsea, wouldn't you know it, it was called Across the Spider-Verse. And I was very proud of myself for guessing that. <laughs> You're a genius. <laughs> yeah. I, I, that's become like a new thing because so many movies now are sequels and, and threequels and prequels and stuff like that. So like guessing titles is now like one of my favorite things to do. You know? <laughs> that and then another extension of that is guessing what song is going to be the trailer song. Yes. Oh mm-hmm. my gosh. Yes. Yeah. So I do that now too. That, you, um, I mean, that's harder. The trailer song is a lot harder to be fair. Yeah. So if you get any of those, right, I'm impressed. Yeah. Some of them are, some of them are, uh, uh, really on the nose, which means they should be easy to guess, but you never know which way they're going to go. Um, 
Speaking of which, have you seen the? Uh, I I talked about this on the show last week, but I'd love to get your uh, impression on it. Have you seen the trailer for um, Ms. Marvel? Oh no, I haven't. I'm like the worst Ms. Marvel fan. <laughs> in the oh really? World. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I haven't. But I've okay. heard glowing things about it. Like all the podcasts are on it, and they just like love it and are super behind it and super stoked for it. So mm-hmm. I'm definitely ready to watch that. Mm-hmm. So what besides uh, Moon Knight, which we're here to talk about, like what's some stuff you've been watching lately? Like what do you, what is what is something that you're like? Um, you're all locked in on. I'm all locked in on, um, the, what's the new show? It's a pirate show and it's on HBO max. Our flag means death. Our flag means death. Yeah. Okay. That show, (laughs) (laughs) like the first episode, I was like, I don't know. And then by like the sixth or seventh, you're like, yes, this is all I care about now. These people, I must know what happens to them and their relationships are very important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, Taiko Waititi uh-huh. and Reese Darby together. I know they've worked together just because of their flight of the Concord stuff, but seeing them be together and, and act together is really mm-hmm. endearing and, and sweet. And I love, I love watching them be friends. That's, that's cool. I've, uh, I've watched the, the first episode. I watched the pilot of that show and I, I, I think I had a similar reaction. Yeah. Um, w- I was like, oh, this is fine. You know right. what I mean? Like, it's not amazing, but, it, you know, it's fine. I, and, but hearing that you had the similar reaction and then kept going and you enjoyed it, I think I'll, I'll give the next couple episodes a, uh, a watch. Because um, I, I, I really fell in love with the TV version of What We Do in the Shadows. Yes, I did, too. I love What We Do in the Shadows. <laughs> and I'm, I was so mad at how it ended the last season. But mm-hmm. I am very interested to see how they tie it all together and figure Me things too. out. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I, yeah. So anything that like Taika Waititi does now, like I'm like, I got to check it out because I love that show so much. For sure. Um, did you watch? Um, I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast. Did you watch Peacemaker? Yes, yes, yeah. I did. I I loved it. I love. Well, I love James Gunn. For, yep. Like so, I mean, really, it's James's thing, and uh, mm-hmm. it, his voice is so strong that I I had to like it basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, and um, everyone is so charming. Like all of the mm-hmm. actors are are wonderful and of course eagly is ridiculous and, <laughs> and so stupid and wonderful yeah. uh and the i don't know so is the soundtrack made up like some of it is actual hair metal and 80s glam rock but some okay. of it is not right like it's made some of for those the songs show are definitely feel like they're made for the show right and i don't know which ones are and which ones <laughs> aren't. i'm I, not sure either <laughs> <laughs> I just assumed that they all were fake. Um, my knowledge of, you know, sort of 80s sort of hair metal and glam rock and, and stadium rock and stuff like that is not I'm not super in. Like, I don't know a lot about that stuff. So I just assumed all these songs are made for the show, which would be amazing if that that is the case. Wait, and you're are you a WWE fan? I am a WWE fan. So wh- how do you feel about like his transition from like wrestler to actor? I think he I think John Cena is I think he's I think he's good. I think of of the three of the big three that have done it uh more recently, The Rock, John Cena and Batista, I think John Cena is probably 
He probably has the most range of the three. Well, yeah. Yeah, I would say he probably has the most range of the three. I think um, I like the role selection of I, I think I like Dave Batista in terms of his the way he chooses roles. I think right. he has a good eye for like what's something that I can do that plays to my strengths, but is also like an interesting project and is like he, he seems to be able to pick them really well. For sure. Um, but I think John Cena is probably the most gifted in terms of like you know he has um he's definitely the funniest of all three of them he has the best comedic timing um yeah i think he's great i think he but uh, i think john cena has something about him too where even though he's an enormous man there's a quality <laughs> to his face that like and his eyes in particular that make him really relatable yes yeah um, i agree he has that. a very relatable face like you if if john cena told you a story about how when he was a kid he was like picked on or bullied and stuff like that. Like I would totally believe that. Right. He just has, there's something endearing about his face that I can't quite put my hand on it, even though like he's a gigantic man. Yeah. Um, he's a, uh, yeah, the act you're, you're right. His acting range is incredible. And I, the fact that he can make me cry, <laughs> like just like you're saying his face emotes yeah. so well and it's so relatable. I, I don't think the rock has ever like made me feel that way. And no. uh, Dave Bautista, of course, is like adorable as Drax, yeah. and and I I do love him, but um, it's not the depth of emotion. He like John is an actor now. Yeah, there's there's something about. I think The Rock is. Um, I think The Rock is it, to me is more where I would give The Rock his credit, most of his credit now as like a movie person is I think The Rock is a really good producer. Yeah, like that's I think true. He, yeah, yeah. he knows how to make movies that people want to see. Yeah. And uh, him acting is just kind of part of that machinery. Right. Um, uh, whereas John Cena, I feel like, is more of a, a like, I think he understands acting. You know what I mean? Like, he really, like, he gets it. Right. Um, in a way that like maybe the other guys don't necessarily have a lot of experience with, and not to say that I, I you know, I've never seen a uh, uh, but Dave Batista performance I didn't like, right. but I think there's a there's a there's a there's something to John Cena I think that's a little bit like I think he understands like, and I think this is what makes him so gifted in wrestling and why he is still believable as a wrestler even you know because he still goes back and does matches and stuff like that For uh, sure. here and there. Um, he there's just something he understands about uh human nature that he's mm -hmm. able to and, and and what i feel like i'm just describing is a good actor yeah, but, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> you're like just in general <laughs> yeah he understands human nature and is able to like 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 represent that in like a like an interesting way right for um, sure in a way that feels more naturalistic than like the other two guys who are who who often the rock and both batista often feel like larger than life personalities mm -hmm. uh no matter what role they're in i feel like john cena can kind of be a normal guy like he kind of feels a little bit more like down to earth in a lot of ways right but and then you can believe he's a doofus because he so is a peacemaker he's like the hugest doofus um on the face of the planet and i'm like yes yep I see yeah. that. <laughs> and playing and and to his credit though, I think you have to really there's a fine line between like it's very clear in the way that John Cena plays doofuses that he's mm. actually very intelligent. Yeah. Oh, and I yeah. think it's hard I think it's harder 
than I think people give you credit for to play a convincing doofus when you are a very intelligent person. <laughs> right. I think, because, I, you know, like, The Rock can't do that. Oh, no, definitely not. That's why he's in Ballers. Right. He's like, I'm the head of Ballers because I am a baller. Like, I, I can't act like I'm not a baller. <laughs> like, right. And, and I, man, I remember the movie. Have you seen the movie Pain and Gain with him and Mark Wahlberg? Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. And see, that's a movie where he's trying to play an idiot, and, and I, don't, I don't buy it for a second. Yeah. It's like The Rock is not stupid. That's one thing we know about him. Yeah, for sure. I, I, yeah, that movie uh, was something <laughs> else for sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, yes. Um, how did we get to the Rock? And oh, oh you asked me. Oh, we were talking about Peacemaker. <laughs> right. That's right. <laughs> that is right. I love WWE. Um, so that's so. Did you watch WrestleMania? No, I I read the comics. I read all the WWE comics. There's WWE comics. Yeah, Chelsea? Boom Studios publishes them. Oh. Yes. Can you believe? Uh, no, I did not know that they were like. So are the comic book storylines based, are they just doing the storylines as they happen on TV or how does that work? I think they are taking the most famous storylines from TV and basically mm-hmm. riffing off of like the in-between or like the origin story or, you know, that, that's basically how I figured out that Undertaker and Kane were like brothers and like how they grew up and like, like there's all this like backstory and like deep history and uh, I re- I'm really into that, like New Day, how they became like, you know, I, I love that stuff. Chelsea, I had no idea this this even existed. And it's very interesting that you. So is there wrestling in the comic books? Yeah. Like, are, do they have matches and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. And they go way back, like Macho Man and like all the the older ones. They they have shorter stories like that have stuff with them in it, too. So, yeah, it's really that's good. so that's so crazy. Like, it's almost like you're. um. Like when people play like math baseball, you know what I mean? Like that's kind of like what you're doing oh, but yeah. with, with wrestling. You're doing like, yeah, you're doing math wrestling. That's so crazy, though. Sure. That's cool. That is very cool. <laughs> math baseball. <laughs> it's like math baseball, but for wrestling. Definitely. Uh, I love wrestling. So now we have that in common. Um, yes. What's I going to say? Okay, so cool. Let's get into uh, let's get into Moon Knight. Oh, yeah. Um, this is uh, the most current marvel cinematic universe tv show mm-hmm. uh it stars oscar isaac um and the first episode is called the goldfish problem right and i was like oh no <laughs> the goldfish <laughs> so what were so i guess what was the last series that marvel did was it loki was it hawkeye might have been hawkeye Technic. Well, okay, I might be confused too because I recently saw a chronological order of all the shows, and I gotcha. think Hawkeye is like technically almost last, and Loki's yeah. like before WandaVision or something. Like, yeah, it's something it's like very that. confusing. I think yeah, I think in terms of releases though, I think Hawkeye was the most recent. Okay. What did you did you did you like Hawkeye? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. I'm a sucker for all you. There's not a single one that you you could ask me did i like it and i'd say no like i love them all they're my children had you read the hawkeye comics before watching the no but i knew matt like i knew of matt fraction who is like the big designer on it and Mm -hmm. um i love all of his stuff so i i really need to read it cool so what were your expectations of moon knight coming in did you have high expectations or the trailer was like sick like i was yeah 
stoked and i didn't know anything about moon knight except that he has like a cult following of like marvel fans so yeah i was just excited to see the action and um they didn't really reveal a whole lot about the character yeah. or the plot so i think that was perfect <laughs> right yeah. I, so i think so yeah i had heard about moon knight um i was not familiar with the character before you know talks about you know him coming to the big screen where it started happening so i think originally it was supposed to be a movie before like the idea oh. of the cinematic universe tv shows being like a big thing gotcha um uh so i think it was originally supposed to be a like a movie um and oscar isaac i think was attached like kind of from the beginning um and i just remember hearing about the character how he's kind of like in the comic books he's kind of like marvel's batman a little yes. bit yeah um which i thought was interesting but then there's also the split personality thing which i thought was another interesting thing um i did think it was so my expectations going in were um i like oscar isaac so i was excited to see what he does in the oh, marvel yeah, universe sure. um i wasn't sure about like when it became a series i wasn't sure about like i was worried that they they basically had a two-hour movie script <laughs> and they and split were like it. let's gonna split it we're gonna split it over eight episodes oh yeah definitely anytime like i feel like that happens like you you you're you're uh running the risk of making a really bad show but well and you can feel it yeah you can, you can feel totally it's feel wrong it. yeah it's off yeah even loki i think as good as i think that series was there were a couple episodes especially near the beginning that just kind of felt like placeholder episodes right like uh just to like say they had eight or 10 episodes or whatever it was. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm sure they did. Right. They were placeholders. <laughs> the thing that made me excited about the the show was I they released uh and this shows you that uh marketing works, but they released a a video on uh social media of Oscar Isaac in like the combat training and stuff like That's that. That's right. Yeah. And it looked really convincing like he looked like really um into it and I was like, oh, "Okay. Yeah. I'll give this a shot." Oh yeah. Um I love Oscar Isaac. I think he was great in um I mean, really everything he's been in, but he's really good in Ex Machina. Mm -hmm. um, uh, what was the other thing I, he was in? He was, oh, uh, he was, Apocalypse. He was in Dune. Oh, yeah, oh, he was he in was Dune. A, <laughs> Apocalypse. <laughs> That's right. He was Apocalypse in X-Men Age of Apocalypse. That's right. Hell yeah. That is hilarious. Um, but Dune is man, much better. I think Dune he's much, much better, better in film. Dune. <laughs> yes. yes, he's much better in, uh, in Dune for sure. <laughs> um so uh yeah let's get into uh episode one so um <laughs> the episode is called the goldfish problem i'll read a little bit of the, the plot summary here um museum worker stephen grant occasionally suffers from blackouts after going to sleep one night he wakes up in another country and witnesses a cult meeting led by arthur harrow who demands a scarab beetle uh, grant unknowingly had in his possession he escapes and is nearly killed but is unknowingly saved by a mysterious voice in his head after waking up in his home and noticing several oddities. Um, let's see. Um, Harrow, I'll, I'll skip to the end here. Harrow summons an Anubis-associated jackal monster that attacks Grant at the museum. Just as Grant is cornered in the restroom, Grant's reflection in the mirror tells Grant to let him take control. Grant agrees. He transforms into a clothed warrior, who then kills the jackal monster yeah, he as does. credits roll. Um, what did you think about this first episode of Moon Knight? There was not a lot of uh, 
not a lot of Moon Knight in it, but there sure is a lot of Stephen Grant. <laughs> not and a lot of a Moon Knighting. And not a lot of Moon Knighting. Um, there's a whole lot of museum hijinks. And uh, yeah, just tell me, uh, just give you, give me an overall of what you thought of the episode and then we can kind of pick at some of the details in a minute. Yeah, first impressions, I was like really confused. And I think that's good because Steven mm-hmm. is confused <laughs> the entire time. Totally. Um, and as someone, like I have a, an anxiety disorder myself and like go to therapy mm-hmm. for it and stuff. But I could really relate to this kind of like, you're not quite sure what you're capable of or what your brain is where what in your brain is real and what is not basically Mm -hmm. so i think that the fact that we were just as disoriented as him was really cool um a very good you know uh storytelling device and we still got the information we needed uh Mm -hmm. him kind of flashing in and out of like when he's driving that truck and yes. and he's inexplicably like shot someone and then he'll black out <laughs> yeah. again and then he's like driving yeah. backwards and then he'll black out again like that was really really neat like i love the way that they played with like time and like where we were um so i think it was just actually interesting as just a show like regardless of of who this character is or turns out to be and how close it is to the comics the way that they chose to present him was smart i think but mm-hmm. also you know if for people who like more straightforward things they they may be turned off by this just because they nothing right. was truly revealed and we didn't really understand anything more about right. this person mm-hmm. yeah no i agree i like it i like the um the jumping forward like the sort of the jump cuts i like it as a plot device i think it um is an interest it shows an it's an interesting way to depict um being in and out of different personalities right um because i think they had you know obviously in a world where you know the movie split exists um yes and also the movie venom um you have to have (laughs) you have to have some kind of device that like kind of distinguishes how this will play differently than like those movies and i think they did a pretty decent job of it i now let me ask you this are have you have you read any of the moon knight comics or anything like that i did they were on sale this week because, you know, leading up to right, Moon Knight, they, uh, Comixology is having a big sale. Uh, uh-huh. Heads up. So I bought the first two trades and I mm. read the comics where he first appeared. So that's like 1975. Oh, wow. Um, and he, the comic was <laughs> Werewolf by Night number t- 32. Okay. The werewolf's name is Jack Russell. That's what I put in my notes. Like the dog, like yes. the terrier? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's super funny. So um, basically he just uh-huh. appears as a guest in a bunch of really popular comics. Okay. And he resonated with audiences because he just looks really cool. And right. um, he doesn't necessarily like they definitely didn't hash out very much uh bef- mm. like before the 80s i think the, his first annual was where they finally kind of got like nailed down some details about his character but and up until that point he was just kind of this mercenary that popped up to like harass spider-man and daredevil 
and mm-hmm. whoever else. And, and he always flip-flopped. So he'd be, oh. you'd think he'd be the bad guy, but it turns out he's teaming up with, you know, Spider-Man to like trick, you know, the cabal the, or a committee of evil people or whatever. So gotcha. he, I, I really started off hating him because he seemed <laughs> just like, um, out for himself and he didn't seem to have any redeeming qualities and he had a pilot named Frenchie who was extremely mm-hmm. French and extremely uh, stereotypical with like the very curly mustache and stuff um, but he, he they definitely rounded him out into a much more compelling character by like the late 80s early 90s okay yeah now is the split personality thing uh, like a part of his character from the beginning no so he's introduced like in that first comic as like a soldier of fortune mercenary he like started Mm -hmm. lots of wars revolutions practitioner of like martial arts etc and um uh the again like that annual number one like the first annual that he's in he Mm -hmm. that's kind of where i think they started playing with that idea because it's uh he's against king the conqueror and mm-hmm. he is basically fighting king through time so there's just mm. all these moon knights like and every moon <laughs> there's a moon knight in every single um oh. time period so there's yeah. like a cowboy moon knight and there's like a proper english gentleman moon knight and they're That's all great. like fighting him like throughout time um and uh-huh. there's just thousands of them and they're and he king is like perpetually uh, harassed by this like massive uh army <laughs> of moon knights and um so it was it was almost more like um i want to say more like deadpool is like silly in that way like okay like yeah <laughs> it's just a bunch of like um like wise cracking moon knight uh caricatures um but i think that the more recent iteration where they kind of revamp everything in like the two thousands, um, mm-hmm. is the one that they're using for this. Um, okay. where, and he does have like a split personality and, and all that like DID. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Cause I'm wondering, I don't know how it works in the comics, but I'm wondering if, if moon Knight, if the, the, the hero or whatever, the character of moon Knight is, something that's attached to a specific personality or if any one of his personalities can like don the suit and be moon knight you know what i mean i i think it's a personality okay because it's 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 really strange like it seems like the mercenary mark is is an offshoot right but he kind of dresses the same but he instead of the cloak and all that he just has like a suit but he oh, still okay. is like wrapped up like a mummy. Um, oh, and then okay. there's Khonshu, like the, the moon knight, if you will, Khonshu's like emissary or avatar. And he, he kind of is his own thing. And then Steven is, it's not sure. Like, I'm not sure where in the show, like Steven fits because Steven okay. in the comics is, is kind of just the, um, the beneficiary of the mercenary work. So he's like a billionaire playboy who gets to like lounge around in this giant mansion because the mercenary mm-hmm. Mark earns like tons and tons of money and uh, someone has to enjoy it. So Steven does. Right. <laughs> like, that's, 
that's right. about it. <laughs> so. Okay, I guess that would make sense because in this in this version of the story, so in the first episode, I think uh, the character of Mark, so the 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 mercenary Mark, I think Specter is his last name. Yes. Um, he we he, so. Steven discovers a cell phone, an old Motorola Razor, mm-hmm. and uh, that belongs to Mark. And so I'm guessing that Mark hasn't done any mercenary work in a long time. That's what it seems like when okay. we're coming into it, right? So he's almost like taking a break because he's earned enough money or something. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping, I mean, and I'm assuming we'll figure out why he doesn't want to do it anymore for, you know. Right. Because, uh, I mean, he's kind of being thrust back into that world with... Um, our villain, played by yeah. um, Ethan Hawke. That's right. Who I, I love, Ethan Hawke. I think he's great. Um, uh, from Training Day to uh, what's the what's the horror movies in with the the guy in the book? <laughs> it's not it's not Insidious, but it's something like that. It's got like a uh, he's like a guy in a pi- in pictures or something. Babadook. No, that's a good guess though. It's it's some kind of word like insidious or oh sinister. It's called sinister. Oh shoot! Yeah, I wouldn't know because I'm uh, easily terrified, so I can't gotcha. watch that. <laughs> gotcha. No worries. Um, yeah. So what what'd you think of his uh, character in the show? I thought he was great. Um, yeah, I want to get what you what you, what, you, what you thought of his performance. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like you said, Ethan Hawke. You're not gonna go wrong. Like you'll watch the show for Ethan Hawke. You're like, oh, he's the bad guy. Of course, I'll watch this. Um, I thought he did really well. He's very like mysterious and off-putting. He's a good cult leader because he's kind of shaggy mm-hmm. looking and strange. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I thought he did really well. And I'm glad that he's the first villain. Because again, it's it's almost like the the foil, right? Because Moon Knight is right. Khonshu's emissary. Well, he's just, and it's, and it's, however you pronounce it, and it's uh, yeah. emissary as well. So they're kind of just doing the work for their gods and mm-hmm. uh, doing their best. And and neither one is like necessarily good or evil. It's just the kind of the way it is. Right. I think he's an interesting character because, and I, I wonder how long this is going to go in the show, but there is an element to the character where we're not quite sure how much of what he does is like, actually because of some god or mm. if it's just like him you know like i like right. we're, we're still i mean obviously there's something going on because we see him um kill that old lady and, and it seems to happen like through some kind of like you know uh, metaphysical kind of thing right but we don't really i mean we haven't seen his we haven't seen amit like the god that he works for we don't know if that is if he's telling the truth or what you know that element of mystery is still around that character and i kind of like that there's kind of like a uh, a level of um, like just mystery to like what is actually going on with this guy, and and I wonder how long they're gonna drag that out. Right. Well, and Stephen, just seeing what Stephen sees, there's no way that you could possibly understand like what's happening either. Right. Totally. Um, and that's perfect too. Um, like I'm sure that Mark knows him a little better. Like it mm-hmm. seems like they are enemies long-standing enemies <laughs> yeah <laughs> so and i love the i love the idea that like this guy thinks he he thinks he's doing essentially the lord's work you know what i mean like he thinks he's doing something great and and, and right. there's little details in the episode that kind of give us a little bit of insight into his personality 
Um, and he has this sort of like Messiah complex and mm. thinks he's, I mean, he, I mean, he, at some point, at one point he just straight up says it like, you know, it, what, what my God is doing is like keep, you know, could have prevented, you know, Hitler. And oh, things that's like right. That. Yeah. Like and he even says that. Yeah. I forgot about that. And that's actually pretty important because the reason that Moon Knight has DID is because Mark, who is Jewish, oh. uh, discovered that a rabbi friend of the family was actually a Nazi deserter and a serial killer of Jews. So Whoa. it's like... <laughs> So, so I like totally like blanked on that, but, um, that, that now that makes a lot of sense. Like he's, he's almost saying something that he knows would upset Mark, but Steven's like, I sure. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the, uh, I, I think there's like, what I heard was there's like, um, Oscar Isaac and, uh, Ethan Hawke were both given a lot of license on like what they mm. wanted to bring to their characters. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and uh, Ethan Hawke like brought the idea of like putting glass in his shoes uh, as like a, a thing that his g- character would do. Yeah, that which is I psychotic. Thought, right. <laughs> it's, I was it's like, a what very, the hell is happening right now? <laughs> yeah, it's a very striking way to open a TV show. Um, oh yeah. But I mean, it it, it, it I, I like that detail, especially a- after we kind of see what that guy's all about. Right. Um. He, you know, in his mind, he's doing the Lord's work, so of course he's gonna, you know uh punish himself or like you know su- enter into some kind of fellowship of suffering with whatever the you know the deity is that he's chosen to like devote himself to so i thought it was like a cool a yeah cool you could you almost already knew before you knew anything else that this was a form of like self-flagellation mm-hmm. and and you didn't know why right it's just kind of like the song suggested it maybe and right. also he just like walked off like into mm-hmm. the ether and you're like he's mystical <laughs> right <laughs> right um what did you think of i mean it's a marvel show it's a superhero show what did you think of the sort of the action elements um now you already spoke to that some of the action elements are skipped over right. for um for reasons of you know the plot device of of mark switching person or uh, Steven switching personalities and things like that. But of the, the action that we did see, what did you think about the show and the tone and the execution? I thought it was really well done. I think that places where Marvel shows have failed were, you know, just kind of things that like cut the through the action, right? Like too many cuts in like a fight scene where like there's punching and stuff going on. And like Daredevil did a good job of addressing that with that very long hallway scene of like him, like punching everyone mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and uh, trying to just do one shot. This, right. this was perfect because you didn't need to do the one shot. Like mm-hmm. there was a lot of forgetting and not knowing mm-hmm. what was happening. But when he was getting chased um, by the dog, like through the museum and then he changes mm-hmm. and, uh, man you just knew that dog was in trouble because he was like dragging him back like through the wall and i was like this is what i came to see this is what i was here for like i want to see this guy really mess up some bad guys and they really Mm -hmm. delivered with that last scene it was like a taste of what's coming and it was a it was really gorgeous and well done for sure totally oh i agree i think the action in the show is really good i i thought the um 
the car chase through the mountains, through like the Alps, was really cool. Oh yeah. Um, I thought there was some really cool stuff going on there. Um, I love the idea of him um <laughs> waking up after you know falling out of a building and his jaw is dislocated. Oh my god! Like, I, I was like, that's disgusting. <laughs> yeah, it was he's gnarly. like, why is this happening to me? Yeah, it, that was crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think the action is is really good. I think it gives us a good sense of like what because you know even though all of these shows and movies exist within the same universe i think especially for the tv shows for each character you have to kind of establish like what is their limit physically and like what you know give us give the audience a sense of like okay what is an amount of damage this character can take before mm. you know it's it before we should really start to be concerned right and i think it did a good job of like establishing what that line is um and yeah, yeah i think It'll be interesting to see how, um, like, I hope it continues to where, you know, the other personalities within Moon Knight have to deal with the physical sort of ramifications of doing superhero shit. <laughs> right. Um, so, <laughs> so I think that'll be a, a, a cool element if they if they keep that going, you know? Yeah, definitely. I've the In the comics, Moon Knight himself says a few different times that he he doesn't know the extent of his power mm -hmm. he's like you know you and he says you have spider-man over here you have the punisher over here on the extreme opposite ends he's like obviously i'm neither and bad guys fear me because they have no idea what i'll do and good guys also fear me because i they have no idea what i'll do i don't even know so <laughs> right you know uh i think that's a really interesting part of his character is that he himself does not fully know his limits uh and maybe he doesn't have any do you think uh do you like the the accent choice <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was pretty adorable uh i <laughs> you he really sells this kind of like meek librarian yeah. type of person with that accent it's mm -hmm. it's pretty i enjoyed it um and it's a good contrast to the very uh, imperious tone of uh mm -hmm. whatever the deity is that's like yelling at him and right the uh very decisive tone of mark being like can you please just <laughs> give me control right. <laughs> and he's like whoa, 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 whoa. well <laughs> like a, like yeah. winnie the pooh or like piglet or something <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's pretty yeah. good yeah i like the accent too um it was it was kind of jarring at first right um, yeah <laughs> That's but <laughs> but I think like it works. He's like a chimney sweep. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Right, <laughs> it seemed, yeah, it, it it is very, it is a very like theatrical British accent. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Um, but I think you know, I think it kind of works in this in the the world that they're crafting in this show because it, you know it, the version of London we're also getting. Like I couldn't help but like it almost this the show almost sits in the same tonal sort of range as like a night at the museum like right movie. yeah um and so like it, it you know the the british people within the show are kind of caricatures <laughs> um like his boss at the museum is just like kind of like a one note sort of very mustache twirly like like just giving him a hard time for no reason yeah just you being a I mean? huge jerk and she's yeah. like nigh impossible to understand when she's angry too when i'm yeah. like yes yeah, so this is this fits with my concept of what is happening in this man's world yeah of course it's she's like, bossing him around 
Yeah, they're like British characters for like a a widely non-British audience. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah you you're know, right. British people. Yeah, <laughs> your standard British person. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I I'm looking forward to the show. I'm looking at the the Wikipedia page for the show, and two I'm excited because two of the episodes coming up are directed by um a duo named Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead. You familiar with these guys? I've heard of them. What else have they done? So I know them because I stumbled across I, this this horror movie podcast that I listen to um, that reviews horror movies called... Um, it's a British, pod, a British podcast called The Evolution of Horror. And they were doing alien movies. And the, uh, these guys, Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead, um, I think they self-produced them. Oh, that's pretty see. impressive. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah. They wrote the 2013 uh, critically acclaimed film Resolution. Oh, yeah. Uh, I which, did hear about that. Yeah. Which is a really good movie. I watched it just kind of on a whim. I heard about it on this podcast, and it was on. it's on Amazon um, Plus or Amazon Prime. And it's a good movie. It's like a – it's kind of like a, you know, it's a one-location kind of movie. It takes place in like, a, like an abandoned house. And uh, one, there's it's like these two childhood friends uh, who are now adults, and one of them is str- is like a struggling drug addict, mm-hmm. and uh, they attempt to uh, the one the other friend decides to stage an intervention in this cabin, Ooh, and um, weird stuff starts going on that like makes them feel like they're being watched and being filmed and. Um, and I won't say anything more than that because uh, I think uh, it will get into spoiler territory. But it, it is really good. There's like a Shyamalan style twist at the end of the the movie. That so is I think it like a thriller it... type and not like a supernatural type? No, it's not. It's yeah, it's more of a thriller. It's okay. not really like there's no like monster in it. Okay. It's just kind of like. Yeah, it's it's more more than anything, it's a relationship drama. Ooh. But there are thriller elements that happen within it, uh, and I think um, as you start to figure out what the movie is actually doing um, and what it's commenting on, I think you because uh, essentially the I can, I think I can say this without spoiling it, the movie is a commentary on the film industry. <sighs> Yeah, and so once you kind of get and, and and like being an independent filmmaker and things like that, I love that um, sort of stuff. I love a big yeah. analogy. Just give me yeah, a yeah, giant yeah. metaphor. Exactly. <laughs> I think you, I think you'll like it. And then there's a sequel movie which I haven't seen yet, but I want to, um, called um, let me see, The Endless. I believe is uh, the movie that yeah, I'm yeah I've heard of. of that too. Yeah, that's another one, and that movie's kind of about. I think it, I don't think it's a spoiler to say it's about time loops. Ooh. Um. Yeah, and that one that's a it's a follow it's a sequel to Resolution, um, a direct sequel. It's like I think it takes place like ten years later or something like that. I'm um, watching it. Yeah. <laughs> right now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and they also directed. Uh, I think they directed some of the vignettes for that VHS. Um, oh yeah. Horror anthology. That thing. see, that's probably where I knew them from because I I mm-hmm. love anthologies. Mm-hmm. Apparently they uh, they did a ro- a romantic body horror film called Spring. I, which is, yeah 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 yeah. Now I'm remembering. The film follows Evan, a young man who travels to Italy and pursues a woman named Louise who, unbeknownst to Evan, 
harbors a dangerous secret. Oh, I want to watch that. That sounds Dude, good. Dude, body horror, I I can't stand it, but I love it so much. It's so gross. I, I just, I really enjoy it. Like, visually, there's something really satisfying about it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it is one of the more, like, visceral forms of horror that, like, it can be more of, like, really upsetting. Like, to me, like, watching, like, that scene in, um, um, that scene in Black Swan where she pulls her cuticle yeah, all the way up. Yep, her yep, arm. yep, yep, yep. Like that's way worse than any kind of <laughs> right. alien yeah. or monster. Right. That's way worse. Oh, for sure. And I I just adore it for some reason. Like two parts <laughs> yeah. of my brain and there one is like, no, 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 no. And the other is like, yes, yes. <laughs> this is good storytelling. More of this. Yeah. Um yeah. I, I thought it was really interesting. Well, okay, first of all, a lot of horror directors have been doing like superhero stuff lately. True. Um, so like a horror, you know, uh, Jeremy, I forgot his last name, but he's like the showrunner for the show for uh, oh, Moon Jeremy Knight. Slater. Jer- Jeremy Slater. He's done like horror stuff. And I was like, okay, I see, I see some of that here. And mm-hmm. then, um, also for in, um, Shazam, that was a horror yeah. director. And then I've been rewatching the new, the old Spider-Mans and that's Sam Raimi, of course. And yeah. I was too young to understand, but even just watching like Doc Ock's arms like rip apart like an operating room, I'm like, this yeah. is horror. This is a horror scene. Now I understand, okay, I these these people are very valuable and, and like right. really good at telling like certain stories. And I, I really enjoy like that presence in Moon Knight too. Cause it did like genuinely scare me. <laughs> like yeah. at the end, especially. Totally. I yeah, I think there's something that like I think the reason comedy and, and horror often go hand in hand mm. is because I think they speak to the same, they speak to the same, uh, like theme. I think they do. My cat yeah. is, can you hear my cat howling in the background? No, I can't. I believe you. I believe she is, but hey. I can't hear it. I, Julie is always like, my cat is going nuts. Like when she does, <laughs> like, Julie must have husband. just, Julie must have just got here, like must have just pulled up into the driveway because this is like the cat's going out of out of control right now. <laughs> but um, <laughs> um, yeah, I think horror and comedy both speak to like the like if if our if our human experience like can be divided into different categories, I think horror and comedy are on the same like spectrum. You know what I mean? Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah. Like they both deal with like how we react to tension. Mm-hmm. but they're like the op they're like the opposite of the same coin you know oh one like yeah a thousand percent because when i'm scared in real life i start cackling like an yeah. insane person and it's because that's i'm uncomfortable and i don't know what else to do um mm-hmm. so i it's it's it satisfies the same like itch in your soul to like to watch comedy and watch horror and of course you know with Sam Raimi's stuff again with like army of darkness and all that. Like it's the same idea. Like it's funny because it's scary and it's scary because it's funny. Yeah. Hey, yeah. I'm just, I'm podcasting. I'm wrapping up though. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, no, totally. And it's interesting because I think, man, I'm, I'm, I'm discovering this, uh, this category system as I'm talking about it. But like if, if horror and comedy are the same coin then like you could even put like i think the other another coin of human experience is like i think tragedy and like or drama i guess i'll say like drama tragedy i feel like is on the same spectrum as like 
violence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think like a lot of times, like I think uh, like war movies are, mm-hmm. are like a good example of like that because you don't see a lot of like comedies about war no. because I think they're, they're different coins. Some, I mean, sometimes it can work. Right. Um, like there are a couple examples, like, you know, I think Tropic Thunder or like even um, <laughs> like the Hot Shots movies or something like that. Right. You know what I mean? But like, I feel like it's hard to do because they're, you're really dealing with two different coins. You know what I mean? Right. They're not, they don't necessarily like feed into each other the way that, yeah, com- yeah for sure. Yeah. Um, man. All right. I think we touched on some cool stuff. Um, any closing thoughts on Moon Knight um, as we leave episode one? Um, I will say that the Egyptian pantheon is in its own pocket universe, just like the Asgardians and the Eternals. So I'm really hoping that it's the same. They're basically going to use it in the same way. Like we will see the goddess Amit and we will see, Mm -hmm. um, of course, Khonshu, but also like that entire pantheon like the all nine gods uh i think so i hope we encounter them and and moon knight kind of like works with them or against them like according to what they do right so are the egyptian so like with with the asgardians right like they are i mean they're gods in name but they are essentially aliens because they're from a different like planet or galaxy or whatever um the, are the Egyptian gods in Moon Knight the same way, or are they more ethereal than the the Asgardians? The way I understand it, it's the same. Like, they're kind of the same. Um, okay. Time is a little... They kind of deal in, in, like, weird artifacts and stuff. So even, like, uh-huh. the scarab and the, uh, the Ankh and scepter and stuff that we mm-hmm. see in the show, like, the scarab, like, eats through time. And the right. scepter like focuses time, so I think that that they collect these things to to um, to summon, I guess, like the gods. So I think that that dude oh, okay. um, Arthur is is gathering these artifacts to to mm-hmm. materialize his goddess or something like that. Okay. Uh, so I it seems like they they can't travel freely per se. Mm-hmm. But they exist somewhere in their own world where they're like hanging out. I wonder if the I mean, obviously we're going at some point we're gonna get the embodiment of the goddess. I would imagine. Um at some point, right? You think so? I, I'd hope so. That I she's the <laughs> goddess of death. So she's definitely w- the coolest one. Like <laughs> I wonder if there's been an actress tapped for the role yet. Oh, that's a great question. I hope so. And uh I hope it's somebody really kick ass <laughs> like yeah. zazzy beats or something yeah, even though she's re- already it, in something but yeah it'd be cool to get someone who's um egyptian that'd be really cool that would make a lot of sense yeah i don't know <laughs> hopefully they will <laughs> right i'm looking at the cast to see if they uh oh f murray abraham is the voice of Conchu. that's right i love that guy i loved yeah, him great. in mystic quest yeah, yeah, I I have not watched that yet. Oh man, if that that show resonates with me on a deep, deep, deep level that my profession has like inflicted upon me, like art directing. Mm. I I love the art department in that show. You gotta watch. Gotcha. It. <laughs> yeah, no, that show's amazing. Uh, it looks amazing anyway. Um, 
Oh, yeah, we do have an actress, Sophia <laughs> Danu. I don't know who that is. Ooh. She looks young. Ooh. Uh, let's see. Look her up. What has she been in? She's known for something called Silent Witness, something called Held for Ransom, and something called Moderately Satisfied, uh, none of which I have heard of. Um, yeah, she. let's see what else. She looks like looks, she could be a death goddess. <laughs> yeah, she has a, an intensity about her, I think. Yeah. Um, and I think... Uh, uh, I think it's cool that they're going with someone who looks a little younger rather than like, you know, someone who's older. I think that adds an interesting element to like what a god is if they're portrayed by an actress or an actor that's younger, you know? Yeah, definitely. Well, especially death. Mm. You just think of death as being like this old thing, but. Right. I think that's a cool like, yeah, like a cool like subversion of what you would expect the Egyptian god of death to be. Have you read um, Sandman? The Sandman? No, I haven't. That's a, I know that they were trying to do that with Joseph Gordon-Levitt at some point, right? Yes, yeah. Okay. But that that is dealing with the same goddess, like the goddess of death. Oh, and okay. th This is a very common, obvious, like, trope, <laughs> like a lot of <laughs> stories drawn, but um, Moon now, Knight... Now, Sandman, Sandman isn't Marvel, though, right? Isn't that like Image Comics or something? I want to say it's Vertigo. It's literally on my bookshelf. It might be Vertigo. I think you're right. Um, but it's Neil Gaiman. So okay. it's extremely well-written and it's just like the predecessor of every good thing that's come out of <laughs> comics since like the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, are they still planning to do that? Is Joseph Gordon-Levitt still attached to you? No, they, I don't think so. They did like a, um, uh, it was a really big deal. They did like an audible podcast. So oh, I think okay. they're still planning to do like a movie or a show or something. I just haven't heard of it in a very long time. Okay. Yeah. Right on. Well, if they do it, we'll be on the lookout. Right. Um, I, I did see that they're going to do The Crow. They're actually going to move forward with doing The Crow, which is, yeah. I love The Crow. I'm excited to see that. That'd be sweet. Oh, yeah. man. I, <laughs> I'm such a child of the 90s. Like, yes, The yeah. Crow. <laughs> now they just got to bring back Daria. And oh, yeah, for sure. They're bringing back King of the Hill. I think we I think are they? on a roll here. They are bringing My back. My God, what a time to be alive. And Futurama. <laughs> no, I love Futurama. Yeah. Oh, you're, you're making me so happy. I was so, <laughs> I was so like intensely focused on Moon Knight that I like did not care about anything else for like a really long time. <laughs> so you, well, this is all great. You're the perfect guest for this episode then. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh, and I also, um, I also want to point out that. Sure. The Moon Knight TV show has an Egyptologist as a consultant, um, mm. a psychiatrist for uh, as a DID consultant, and a rabbi um, as a oh. Judaism consultant. So they're they're all in the special thanks section, and and um, not that that will justify anything that goes wrong. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it should be noted that they did not listen to any of those people. <laughs> right, right. They met with them once for coffee. It didn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> right that's kind of what i'm thinking hopefully it's fine uh yeah, but, hopefully but uh i just thought that was neat as a person who like worked for a company who very often uh -huh. consulted outside for like you know uh mm -hmm. things that we didn't understand and needed more context for that's it's very good of disney to reach out and be like you know we're gonna do this right the comics didn't necessarily 
do it correctly all the time and and they were doing their best but it was the 70s or the 80s and you know it's kind of iffy um but they are (laughs) they are doing what they can to be accurate and fair so that's good yes no i agree Uh, i think it's uh you know it steps in in the right direction for sure yeah i agree um yeah, well, if you're going to uh, continue to watch the show, um, we'll definitely have to have you back to talk about more episodes. Um, I think that'd be really cool. Um, uh, yeah, that about wraps it up for me. Do you have any other? Oh, I wanted to ask you one more thing. One okay. more thing okay, before okay. we get out of here. Yeah. What did you think of the costume, the Moon Knight costume? We only see it for a little bit at the end, but what did you think of it? I, I loved it. I thought it okay. looked better than the comics. Cause, oh, wow, really? Because the comics were like kind of like just cheesy most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, not rendered the way that they rendered this like it was very intentional about like kind of the wrapping and the bandages mm-hmm. and it's very tactile like you can feel the type of material it is by looking at it i think they re- did a, a fantastic job of rendering it yeah i think it looks i think it looks good i think it's a good interpretation of what uh he looks like in the in the you know in some of the comic book artwork that i've seen um, I was curious to see how they were going to do like the, the eyes because his eyes are illuminated right. when he's in the suit. And it looks like they figured out a way to do it practically for the most part. Mm-hmm. It looks yep. like there's some like the eyes are kind of like built into like whatever the head piece is. That so is that the key. Yeah. <laughs> so that there's actually <laughs> light coming from it and it's not just a, a visual effect. I kind of like that. Yeah. Um, Anything that they can do practically, they should and they have. And, uh, and yeah. I really appreciate that <laughs> attention to detail. Totally. It shows. Um, and then, yeah, I like the idea that the that it it is. Um, I like that it, it is tactile, but I also like that they're not shying away from the mystical elements of it. Like, I right. like that the suit kind of materializes, right? And he doesn't have to like wrap himself in cloth every time that he. <laughs> he's like, he's like physically right. taking some. Yeah, I'll, I'll be out in a second. I gotta, gotta wrap up my. He's like going around his arm. He's like, oh right. my god, this. <laughs> Every time. Why does this take so long? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I did like that um, that element of it. And but it does appear to have kind of like the smoky look sometimes. Like, I don't know if it was because they were fighting and that oh, was yeah. where the smoke was coming. But it does Maybe. seem like there's like a bit of glowy dust yeah. about him and i yeah I hope- maybe it's dust maybe it's yeah. like it's meant to look like sand or you know right. what i mean like that kind of vibe right yeah i'm totally interested to learn i think more than anything with this show i'm just very curious about like learning about the character because I, yeah. I know almost nothing about the character so i'm excited to see like what uh how many layers are unwrapped no pun intended uh, <laughs> uh in the future episodes i'm curious to see if his um cabbie alter ego shows up uh his name oh. is jake I it it's from the early days it seems like these are more like especially in the earlier comics it's it's just a bunch of different identities that he uses mm-hmm. just like Bruce Wayne or Clark Kent um but yeah. who, who knows maybe he he will just wake up one day and he'll be driving a cab and there there he'll yeah. be <laughs> I, I I feel like they're um yeah w- the vibe I'm kind of getting from it um and they could totally go this way or they could not go this way at all because i could see a version of the show where the only three personalities we really hear from mm-hmm. are mark steven and Conchu, right. or like the you know or or if they decide to make the moon knight a separate personality from mark mm-hmm. or steven i could see that but i could also see a version of the show where 
um, the Moon Knight is sort of the... Moon Knight is is not necessarily a personality, but it's more like sort of the Batman cowl, where it's like the it right. is the the personality or not the personality, but the uh, the Moon Knight is just a culmination of all the personalities working together. Right, um, I right, could right. see that being a thing where like they start to use the personality, like the, the use the the person the split personalities to their advantage mm-hmm. as like a way to disguise themselves when they're going into different like situations like i could totally see them tapping into like that and that could provide a lot of comedy too where it's like we he needs to infiltrate a certain thing and what better way to you know instead of pretending to be someone else why not just actually be a different personality like i can see that working (laughs) right um yeah yeah, that would be like probably the most interesting scenario too like by our powers combined we create this other whole better ego and then uh, that's like the superhero is like the th- all of them combined right and i think there i think based on what we found with like the cell phone and stuff like that mm. i think they're at least steven but there might even be more personalities who are not aware of what's going on and right. they do that on purpose so that they have like this form of deep cover that they can go into when they're hiding from the rest of the world that makes sense. i think that that's an interesting uh like detail there um and it is you know Sorry, go ahead. Oh, and it is very sweet that like Mark almost takes care of Steven. Like right. I, I took it at first to be like really degrading and condescending, but he like went out of his way to like get a different goldfish. <laughs> and, to get like, a different what? Goldfish. Oh yeah, right. And like <laughs> and like, you know, kind of make it seem like everything was fine, even though it very clearly wasn't, and there was no mm-hmm. real way to hide it. He like he took time out of his day to try and trick Steven into thinking that his life was normal. And I, right. I do think that's pretty, that's kind of sweet in its own strange way. No, totally. I think, I think it's, and, and, and wh- I, I agree with you totally. And now that I'm thinking about it, I think it's actually a very genius bit of writing because what mm. it also does is it establishes um, a history with these two personalities that like, without getting too long and ex- expository about it, it gets into their history without actually right. having to show it. Right. And, and there's kind of like an understanding that like, yeah, Mark has probably learned over the years that like, it's better for everyone involved. If like, you know, these personalities that are unaware, or at least this one personality is, un- uh, is unaware has, has a consi- as consistent as an experience as possible. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's easier for everyone. If all the personalities feel like they're, taken care of and not just like being abused by you know by the other personalities you know of course yeah and and yeah you're right it is a really good bit of writing and something i didn't even really think about until way after (laughs) totally yeah i mean that's probably the good sign you know that's that's the sign of good writing filmmaking anything like you're not really you don't really notice it in the moment because you're kind of just wrapped up in it you know yeah it's just happening in front of you (laughs) <laughs> exactly um chelsea uh, this was uh fun and a delight as always where can uh people find your work online or find you online they can find me uh under my artist name climbing mm-hmm. trees so that's just underscore climbing underscore trees on twitter and instagram and uh, on tapas as well the tapas app is uh where i also publish my comics Oh, cool. That's cool. I didn't know. I've never heard of Tapas. What is that? It's it's actually the company that I work for, the digital media oh. company. So they have an app where people can self-publish their comics. And once you get enough subscribers, like you can start uh, getting paid uh, for ad revenue and stuff like that. 
So it's like YouTube for comic books. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, that sounds great. Yeah. I, I like that. That's a cool business model, and that's cool that you are um, an employee of the company and also a, 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 a utilizer of the platform. Yeah, I'm very proud of it. I'm like... If if I am an artist and I use it, that means that it's good. <laughs> so yeah. now, can people? Is it is it the type of platform like like um what's the I think it's called Fiverr or something like that? Where can like people hire you to do freelance stuff directly on that platform, or is it not for that? No, it's not for that. It's it's to subscribe to the things I already make, basically. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay, cool. That makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Well, Chelsea, that's great. You can uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and plug my stuff, and then we'll get out of here. Yeah. Um, you can find episodes of this podcast and more at Weekly Regular uh, on social media and weeklyregular.com. You can find me uh, in all my ventures outside <laughs> of uh, uh, podcasting at, or within podcasting at Asan the DJ on social media. That's at A-H-S-O-H-N the DJ or at Asan.com. Chelsea, thanks so much for doing this. It was absolutely my pleasure. I really look forward to watching Moon Knight with this podcast in mind. I mean, like, yeah, we're both going to be so excited. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I love that energy. Uh, I love that you bring it every time. Um, thank you so much again for doing this. And we will see y'all next week.